The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is our monthly coaching podcast for all of our clients and friends. This program is brought to you by the Institute of Responsible Wealth, and this is Frank Angelos, your host. Our guest today is John Henry, president of OBS Financial Services. OBS manages a little over $2 billion and works with advisors all over the country. And so, John, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to have you on today. How are you? I'm doing great, Frank. Thank you very much for having me today. So, John, we've had an interesting period of time over the last several months. Um, Perhaps we'll start out our conversation just reflecting on last year, which was 2015, and the fact that it looked like it was a pretty flat market. And even though we talk about diversification, it seems like almost every asset class didn't do a whole lot. So maybe you could address that a little bit, and then we'll get into a little bit of what's going on right now. That'd be great, Frank. You know, you bring up a really good point. I, I've kind of termed 2015 as the the year that nothing worked. And and you said it best. All of the asset classes were really flat, whether you, know, you were in the equity markets, the bond markets, the cash markets, or the commodity markets. Whatever you were doing as an investor, we saw a really flat market. And these things happen, and there's a science to investing out there, and, and markets run in cycles, and uh, we know that. And there's really been about uh, five years that looked like that. So this has happened before. This happened in 2001, 1953, 1937, where we saw a very flat type of thing across uh, all the asset classes. And that will happen, uh, but I think it's the kind of year that it's more important than ever that you have an investment philosophy and know what your long-term goals and objectives are. You know, as you're saying that, John, one of the things that comes to mind for me is, you know, we kind of look and, you know, people look at returns over 10 years or 20 years. And, you know, so let's say I earn 5% or 8%. And we know that returns vary. There's nothing guaranteed. But when we look at that, it didn't come in in this linear line, you know, there's a, a series of ups and downs and flats. And so I think that sometimes we forget that or we get concerned about it. I, I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, we get sometimes too concerned about it. And it gets back to certainly you have to have a long-term focus, but numbers aren't every year isn't going to be an 8% flat number. One year you're going to be up 20%, and the next year you could be down. And then it does level out over a period of time. And also what skews numbers, sometimes you look at a 5- and 10-year average, and all the other four years were consistent to what we thought, and we have that most recent year, which might be 2015 in this case, which skews the numbers. So I think sometimes you have to take a broader perspective of what we're trying to do. And the other thing, people just can't look at returns. We have to look at risk relative to returns and the risk that you're taking in that portfolio to the return that you're expected to get. So the risk to return and what we call kind of the efficient frontier of investing. So since you mentioned risk return, 
Maybe we could just take a couple of minutes and just chat about this, which is what I refer to as that risk tolerance, which is, you know, when the market's going up, everybody thinks their risk tolerance is, hey, I'm, you know, put me in equities. And I always find that I'm trying to back people off a little bit and saying, you know what, it doesn't always go up. You have this volatility. And so perhaps we can just talk a little bit about the risk tolerance side. And the fact is, is, John, we do a lot of work with OBS and their portfolios. And there's some cash in these portfolios and there's bonds in the portfolios and pretty much in any of the platforms that we utilize that are in the marketplace, maybe you could take a minute and address why there's cash and bonds in the portfolios. Yeah. First of all, risk is an interesting thing and, and you're exactly right. This is the area of behavioral finance and when markets are going gangbusters, people have suddenly a, a great deal of risk and when markets are going bad, they they want to jump and get out of the market. And understanding your risk tolerance as an investor is important, but that's an important view of an advisor. And I can't emphasize enough that we've seen time and time again very good advisors help gauge the risk and gauge the market for the investor. And advisors create alpha because they guide that individual investor through this. So that's, that's one thing I'd like to say. The other thing, too, that I'd like to say is portfolios are built for a reason. We all know that equities can give us great returns over periods of time, but we've got to balance the risk of the equity markets. And we use instruments like cash, and we use instruments like bonds, and many times investment-grade bonds, uh, to balance that out. Bonds tend to have you know, a balancing factor, or they're a non, what we call a non-correlated asset to the equities. So that diversification of asset allocation creates a lower risk or a lower volatility or a lower standard deviation to in the portfolio. So we use those as a way to balance the portfolio's risk uh, and in some cases dampen the volatility, if we will. Very good. So, John, you know what's interesting is we're currently in the middle of January, and if I were to watch the media, it looks like the markets and the world is coming to an end, and we can blame the Chinese market and everything else, the political environment. And the funny thing is, is that we all sometimes have very short memories. So when I look at this is, you know, is this kind of new that, you know, we're seeing these headlines that come out and all of a sudden market volatility and everywhere you turn, everybody's talking about the market crashing. And is this new? Is it old? And how much should we be buying into this at this point in our lives? Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? You know, my thoughts on this is, the first of all, the, the media's job is not to be an investment advisor or, or offer investment advice. It ultimately is to sell publications or bring viewers to their broadcast. And so anything that sensationalizes is what they try to do. Right, wrong, and business, different, that's their job to do this. Is this something that we've seen before? We've seen many cycles like this, and we'll see many cycles into the future. It's it's nothing new. We saw the uh, obviously the mortgage or the real estate bubble hit us in 2008. Now we have this China thing that's driving that. And these things come and they go. It's not that they happen. It's how you respond to them as an investor. And we can look much more radical you know, market volatility in 2008 and 2009, which was followed by one of the greatest run-ups in the equity markets. And people 
that stayed and had an investment philosophy were rewarded. And we've seen that time and time again. It's just you have to have the right portfolio for your risk tolerance um, out there and what you can stomach as an investor, and you have to have an investment philosophy. But this is nothing new um, whatsoever. It is not the end of the world. And is it the way any of us wanted to start the year? No, but these things happen, and this is the way markets work. You know, it's interesting is, you know, when things are great, everybody's like, oh, it's wonderful. Maybe we should be investing. But the reality is, is, you know, when you get a market correction and you have things that are the way that they are, and actually I look and I go, things are kind of on sale now, which is if you thought things were good when things were good, and all of a sudden you see this pullback and people have been sitting on some opportunity funds or whatever, if you have a long time time horizon, there are opportunities now that you might want to consider looking at things. What are your thoughts on that, John? I think there's tremendous opportunities, Frank. I mean, the the reality, there's probably two things that have driven this bubble right now. It's certainly, you know, oil prices dipping down to around $30 a barrel. And also the, 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 the crisis that we've got in China, where obviously there's a Chinese bubble over there and a lot of different things going on with China. But let's step back and let's look at the fundamentals. Uh, earnings of U.S. corporations are strong. And because these other things have happened, it's driven down the valuation of a lot of equities um, in the U.S. market and abroad at a much lower price break point. And I think there's great opportunities out there to, to go into the markets now and to buy, as you say, things on sale to per, compared to where they were at just a, a month ago. So I, I think that you're exactly right, Frank. Now, in staying with that, the key really here is really understanding the market cycle, which is, you know, for our clients and the people that we advise, these are long-time horizons, which is it's not designed where we look and we go, we're going to get you, say, to retirement. Our philosophy is we get you through retirement. So most portfolios are really designed with time horizons of 10 years and 20 years or more. And although when we know that. We forget it when we see this volatility and people start thinking, well, look at the one year, look at the one day. And so do you have any suggestions for people when this starts kind of like creeping into their mind and they start losing a little bit of sleep or thinking about it? You know, this is the classic thing of behavioral finance. And, you know, with my own investments, I will tell you, I don't even look at them, but it's easier said than done for a lot of people because I know when you, you get your statement and you see the markets, it's human nature. But my advice to you is to go back to your, your fundamentals. You have to have an investment philosophy. You have to have a belief in why you're investing and what you're doing. And we've already talked about assuming you have the, the right portfolio for your risk tolerance. Then you go back and you look at things more globally and you look at market cycles over the last 10, 15 years. There's an academics to this. There's a logic to that. And re- everybody has those nervous moments. Reroot yourself in that philosophy. Reroute that discussion with your advisor and why you're doing what you're doing. You know, and if you're concerned, don't get out of the market. Maybe you reallocate and take a more conservative or less risk position. But certainly don't do the things that many people do is they take their losses right now rather than have that investment philosophy and ride through it. I think it's an important time to understand that right now. 
I think that's a great perspective. And, you know, it's one of those of if you really looked over history and we're, there's all types of information out there, but in the long run, markets work, you know, and and knowing that markets work, it's a survival of the fittest. There'll always be companies doing well. Um, it's a survival of the fittest mentality, which is when you look at that is the good companies get better, the bad companies go away. And instead of, you know, trying to pick and choose which ones by investing the way that we suggest, which is you're buying the markets, you do your asset allocation, and you stay for the market cycle instead of trying to time the market, at the end of the day, you're the better for it. Most, you know, I should say most of the time, but historically, if we look, you've always been the better for it. You've always been the better for it. And, you know, the other thing I'd say with some of these people that the media runs to get you real nervous, you need to step back for a second People don't realize China is only 2% of the world market cap. Um, the United States is probably around 49% of the world market cap. And quite honestly, because they are generally a closed country, we don't do a lot of trading with them. Certainly they've bought our debt, and certainly they have a bigger impact on the world economy. But the media would have you believe it's much bigger than that. And I think this, too, and the logics of the markets will eventually prevail. So I, I think there's a lot of things here. And, you know, again, I'll go back to the fundamentals that markets have cycles. You have to have investment philosophies and you have to be in the right portfolio to figure risk tolerance. And long haul, you will be a winner. Sounds great. And as we wrap up, I always you know, say to everyone is, you know, money is like food and like dieting. You know, Sometimes it's tough to do the right things. It's like when I don't feel like exercising, when I don't feel like eating right. But in the long run, it's better for me. And it's the same thing with investing, which is when things are down, I don't really want to be selling at the bottom. Likewise, I don't want to be chasing things to the top. You know, Otherwise, I'm doing the opposite of everything I've ever been taught. So with that being said, I'd like to thank our guest, John Henry of OBS Financial Services. John, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Frank, and certainly thanks for doing this. Uh, I think this is a great show, so thank you. Uh, You're welcome. And for all of our listeners, we wish you really a great new year. Uh, This volatility will pass, just a matter of time. Change the channel. Don't worry so much. This has been Frank Congelos and Discovering Responsible Wealth, a production of the Institute of Responsible Wealth. Thank you and have a great month. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian.